to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with the Duke of Downtime, Howard Tybal. Duke of Downtime. Was that That's good? I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my, uh, what's that movie where the guy's sitting by the pool, but he's not alive, but he's got the sunglasses on? Weekend with weekend at, with, at Bernie's. Yeah, it's Weekend with Howard. Weekend. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting here now, and I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to pretend like I'm on vacation. And I am on vacation. But I'm not on vacation, but I really am. I mean, I, I, I am ready to throw away my computer. Um, so this is a this is a very and by the way, I just spent part of my vacation at a client's. Right. So you're you're starting off well. Well, I had, I had yeah, I, I took some vacation on the weekend and now I've got this window to take some real vacation. And I, I gotta tell you. Every year, this this mystifies me, you know, how to do this well, how to walk, how to actually look back and say, I really gave myself some time to rejuvenate. Can you relate to this, Pete? Oh, I absolutely can. And I'm excited we are going to have this conversation because I think knowing you as long as I've known you and as well as I know you, I think we, I can safely say we're both terrible at this. And that is where this is the uh, let our lives serve as a warning to others kind of podcast. <laughs> When we talk about the importance <laughs> of vacations like and downtime, please don't be That's like right. us. We're going to talk about it. Before we get into the heat of it, though, you should find out more about Navigating Change at TybalInc.com, where you can subscribe to the show for free in iTunes or uh, join our mailing list and get notifications uh, when new shows go live or your podcast app of choice. Uh, connect with us on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can find all of those destinations at TybalInc.com. Okay, so... Hold no. on, hold on. I'm going to okay. get my margarita here. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just taking one sip. This is, I'm really trying. I'm really trying. That's good. That's good. You got to start with a numbing agent here, the first... Uh, <laughs> That's all that the, it is. The first, uh, first day of vacation. As we record this, it is Monday. It is the first official day of vacation. I can tell you, you've already failed because you said, I took some vacation on the weekend. Howard, the weekend is vacation for everybody. Uh, that doesn't count. Well, you know what? Listen, I think that I am not just reflecting my dysfunctional be- vacation behavior, but many people's dysfunctional vacation. You know, I, what I'm sh- what I'm holding up right now, Pete, is my cell phone, and and I'll tell you, the only reason I'm thinking about getting the Apple Watch is because more people are telling me this is this it's a helpful mechanism to not pick out pull my phone out of my pocket. That's a whole other conversation, mm-hmm. but. I'm sitting here thinking, how am I going to do it this year? You know, my model, just to let people know, is I transport myself to upstate New York with my family, and I travel back and forth from the Chautauqua Institution, where I both work from and I take vacation time from. But I can tell you in previous years, as much, and you and I have talked about this, you know, and I've heard people say, dedicate, for example, here, I mean, here's a great strategy two hours in the morning to work and then put it away. And the truth is I could do it. I just have to demonstrate that discipline. And that, that, that to me in, in some ways at the, is at the heart of this is that if I have this window of time, am I willing to really be disciplined about looking at the watch going, okay, it's nine o'clock now. I'm working till 11. I'm going to put a timer on at 11 o'clock. I'm going to stop. I can do it. 
uh, I just have to make the commitment and probably make the commitment to someone like you and say that's what I'm going to do. And you and I check in on it. It will happen. So bas- basically what people are listening to is our own internal support mechanism right. uh, on our podcast. It is, uh, it, it is our uh, introductory accountability meeting. That's it. Uh, I, I have some thoughts about that. And I think there is, I, I think you have a point, right? There's this idea that there is a sense of sustainability that you, you, you may have to adopt, right? You may not be able to say, I'm just going to not work for a few days or a week or two weeks. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to turn it off. You may not feel like you're able to do that. I I would counter that in most cases. I would say you're probably wrong. You're probably over-inflating your own importance. And in doing so, you're deflating your own health. Okay, so, so, you know, it's interesting because there's elements of my work that I love. You know, what's very interesting about a laptop is... I noticed that when I open my laptop when I'm somewhere, there's an immediate presumption I'm doing work. But in fact, I'm taking a writing class in Chautauqua, uh, which I'm really excited about because when I'm going to do more writing. And but if I have my iPad, and I you know my iPad Mini, it has this quality of that maybe this is a little more downtime. So th- there there are there are triggers that are associated with work, and one of them is uh, this mechanism that I carry that is my office away from home, which is my laptop. Mm-hmm. And I think to the extent that I can separate from that and not even open it will be a a way that I can separate. But let's talk about what you just suggested, which is you're absolutely right. I think I have a view that I. You know what? The truth is, I know that most of what I have to do is not life or death or even that important. It's really a matter of chronically feeling behind. Mm -hmm. And there's something about on vacation, uh, especially if you've taken an extended vacation, where what you want to do is catch up. Right? Right. That I can't catch, you know, if clients know I have to be places or be with them, I'm going to fall further behind. So, I think the health question is interesting because there are things that I want to fill my time with on vacation that I'm going to have this window to do. And if, if I don't do it now, it's not going to happen, right? Going to, going to the morning lectures, right? Yes. You're talking that, about the morning lectures at the Chautauqua Institution. We were that's both right. big fans. We've talked about these before. But for me, actually, another element of this is exercise. You know, I know people that on vacation, exercise for them is part of this this painful discipline they do when they're not on vacation. For me, exercise really is, is something that I love doing when I'm on vacation. Again, it's another thing that I need to discipline my for. You know, a lot of people take vac- – I mean, I think there's this mindset about vacation where you sit on the beach and just relax and sleep. And there's elements of that I like about that. But for the most part um, – I think what I have to do, Pete, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, I'd love to read, not books on higher education, which I've got more than I'll, I'll, I'll never read. But as I mentioned to you earlier, I picked up the book, The Martian. I was told it was fantastic. And I just want to immerse myself in it. Uh, and and I got to tell you one last thing. I think more and more I'm hearing from people this this real uh, chronic uh, frustration with how connected we are. And I think it's only getting worse. 
Yeah, I, I, okay, I have so much to say. Maybe not for said. you, but for me, it's feeling more and more like the people around me uh, are feeling like they can't detach. Yeah. I think that's uh, fundamentally a part of the cultural transformation that we're in the middle of. We as humans yeah. are very social people and we it, and there is a there is a natural imbalance to the channels of communication we have right now. How easy is it for me to lob something into your email box that took me 5 seconds to write but may take you an hour to process? That's that imbalance of email that and and even voicemail and all of these communication channels that are that are just completely out of whack right the the sense that though that we have to liberate ourselves from these things i think becomes so much more important to be able to say you know what today i'm just i'm going to turn off all notifications i'm not going to answer my phone i'm not everything goes to voicemail my phone my watch they're not going to ding when an email comes in if i'm going to to really figure out how to detach it's going to be on my terms i have to take an, an a ownership of yeah. the signals that are coming into my life. And I think that's really important. Well, there's a very simple thing that, it's, that you know, when you say, take my phone, turn off notifications. The dilemma with our phones these days and the way we use our phones is, you know, most of us or I don't have a home phone. Everything is my cell phone. Right. And my wife, my mother, my all the people in my life, in my personal life, if I turn off this device uh, for business, I'm also separating myself from those other people. Now, my guess is I can turn and say, I'm only going to receive, uh, I'm only going to have a go to voicemail for those, I'm going to allow my wife and my other, my family, my kids to come through. There probably is a mechanism for doing that, correct? Yes. Yeah, there is. In fact, and I'll, I'll give you a little tech tip right now. If you go into your uh, do not disturb settings uh, on your phone, you can say uh, that uh, uh, there's a section in there where you can say allow calls from. When you're in do not disturb mode, you can allow calls from everyone from no wow, one or from everyone in your favorites list. Or you can create a group, a group that you can say in your contacts list, I have a group of, of family and put everybody that's important in your family in there and only calls from your family will be allowed to get through. There is another uh, uh, option in there that says repeated calls. If you turn that on, anyone who calls you twice uh, within, uh, uh, within three minutes of the first call will automatically get through. So if I'm on Do Not Disturb and if there's an emergency, that call will get through. So there's a way to, to begin to manage that set of notifications. Everything That's goes excellent. to voicemail except for those groups, et cetera. So there's a technology tip that, that may help you. Now, that exists on the iPhone. I know that functionality also exists in a similar fashion on Android. Yeah, that's excellent. Really worth giving that a shot. Well, some people know this, but I bet you most people, uh, either even if they know it, haven't taken the time to set it up. I bet that's true. Yeah. yeah. So... I have, you know, I have some more. I, I, I have a book I want to recommend because this one really changed the way I kind of think about yeah, things. Yeah, we talked about this. You mentioned this to me at one point. This is, uh, it's uh, by Dan Harris, right? It's a book. It's called 10% Happier. Uh, and it is 
it talks about Dan Harris is a broadcaster, right? He's on television and it talks about how he got to the point of uh, becoming so stressed and so broken uh, inside that he suffered a debilitating panic attack, actually a set of debilitating panic attacks on the air, right? While Mm -hmm. he was doing his job, he functionally broke down because he never learned how to, uh, to relax, to ground himself, to be more in touch with what, with the way he was relating to the world and the way that he was letting the world relate to him. And he broke down and his journey back to health Involved a lot of things, and he also had some, you know, he had some drug abuse in there and some substance abuse that he was fighting with. So, but, so, something that you and I have, have overcome. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, oh, right, I'm sure my family isn't listening to this. We're not, yeah, the, no. Yeah. The, All of that was not true. <laughs> but this book, about uh, it's about his discovery. Oh, I heard that. It's about his discovery <laughs> of, of grounding and meditation, not in kind of a, a sort of not a particular channel, but just in terms of him learning to silence every day that that voice that caused him to stress, that caused him to yeah. to to break down. And I think that is it was a really powerful read. It's a quick read, and it's it's absolutely worth it if you find that you can't disconnect, that you're one of those people, as Howard describes, that can't turn off, that can't functionally go away for a day or a week. And yeah. and let the world go. And, and it I think takes practice. I, yeah, it takes practice. And my guess is there's more of us like that. Yeah. That that justify, you know, carving out some time per day to get some work done. It's almost like I think part of the driver for that is there's a sense of anxiety that people have about not being connected. So if I do, if I carve out a minimal amount of time to connect with those, I can then really put it aside and enjoy myself. So I think this is partly, you know, going cold turkey, I think is hard for most of us. I think if you've got a week's vacation, I think it's probably easier than not to really say, I'm not bringing my laptop. But if you're, if you're, taking any more time than that uh, and you want, especially in the summertime, you mm-hmm. know, you know, the summertime is this unique opportunity where we have this almost de facto permission, but it's, it's so interesting. It, it's almost like there's a guilt and uh, in, in letting other people know that, I, that you're going to separate for, but at the same time, when you share that, I can't tell you that nine times out of 10 people will say to me, good for you. Yes. And I think what they're reflecting is their own desire to be able to give themselves permission to go there. The I wish I knew how to do that syndrome, <laughs> right? right? Exactly. You know, I, I think some of that, Howard, is all, it deals directly with learning how to set expectations with others, right? Mm-hmm. It, it becomes less of a stress for me to know that I can really disconnect and really learn how to recharge and relax and do something to sort of sharpen the saw for myself if I have done the due diligence of notifying all those people that are important to me that I'm not available, that I'm not available until this date. If you call me, I will not answer. I am not there. I'm not present for you for this period of time. When I come back, I'll be better for it. I'll be recharged. I'll be more creative and, and ready and willing to help. But for now... I'm not, and either put some somebody else in place to take care of those urgent needs, or, or right. give so I yourself that permission. So, so here's something that's th- this is less about vacation and more about this managing expectations. One of the things I'd like people to know 
so for example, I just sent something, someone an email, and immediately what came back was, uh, you know, out of the office, and then it described when they're going to be back, right? Right, right. What I'd love people to know, not just when I'm on vacation, but I'd love to have some type of notification go out once, and if, if they send me something again, it's not going to repeat itself, that says something to the effect of... <laughs> Use email to reach out to me, but really my preference is is that we connect over the phone. Let's find time to connect about the thing you want to talk about. Uh, if it's if if it's a simple yes or no, then send me an email. Right? There's a part of me that wants to educate the people in my life how I'd like them to interact with me. And I and there's a part of me that thinks other people would benefit from that too. But the problem with this is the technology is not that sophisticated. So I don't think, Pete, I could put something in uh, in Outlook or something or in, in my Google Apps that's, that basically informs them that. And then the next time they email, they don't get it again because that would be a very annoying uh, continuous response back reminding them the same thing. Unless I send out one email to everybody saying, here's something I want everybody to know. Um, it's more like when someone reaches out to me, I would love them the first time to get that. Is that even possible? Well, the problem is it's not consistent, right? So I know in Outlook, you can send, uh, you can set it to not allow recurring auto responses. So if somebody sends you many emails, or you, they'll only get it once. In Gmail uh, or Google Apps, the way it handles it, that uh, it, the, the you get it once. And if somebody sends you a whole lot of emails, it only sends a, uh, the autoresponder once every four days. Um, so there is a there's a sort of a time handling in there, but it's not consistent over <clears throat> platforms and right. services. So you can't really well, okay. count on it. So let's talk more about this concept yeah. of managing expectations and and being more intentional about how you want people to interact with you. I think the part of the reason, you know, we blame others for how they communicate. I think we need to take responsibility ourselves for how we want people to communicate with us. Absolutely. Right? That's yeah. the breakdown. Not like, oh my God, this person CCs me on everything. Everybody complains about how everybody communicates with them. When in fact, um, I, th I think that if what I really want is to have people be more thoughtful about when they reach out to me or say, you know what, I'm going to call you or when you're available, reach out to me. Um, but right now, the mechanism for staying connected with people, I think, is is broken. I think I think we're living in this transition period where between texting, email, voice, Skype and all the different mechanisms, we, we, we're jumping back and forth between all of these, and and it feels like there is no good strategy that allows me to maintain boundaries. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm not sure, and, and I think we're all, you know, maybe the key here is we need to have a conversation about it, but in, you and I started from the place of the, um, the vacation idea, you know, this is when you have a chance to step back and ask yourself those questions. Yeah. But I think it's bigger than that because then you go back to work and what do you feel after a two-week vacation? You feel like, oh, my God, it, it's almost like I never had a vacation yeah. because then you have 400 emails 
in your inbox. Right, right. You know, there's. I, I think you're right. I think that really does, you know, setting expectations about when you are and are not available is, is one part of it. But, you know, setting expectations about how, what is the best way to communicate with you is really important. And that's a, that I think comes, you know, where the challenge comes is in anyone who has worked in a client service you know, a, a situation because uh, you get into this feeling that I need to be available yes. um, any way my clients want to participate in a conversation with me. I need to be there, whether it's in Facebook right. chat or Slack or Skype or iMessage, whatever it is, I should be available. And what I think we, we're learning or we have to learn is that's not true. That's not true. You don't have to make yourself available to all of those things. You just don't have to do it. And yeah. there is a natural stress that comes comes back when you when you try to manage all of these channels and inboxes to your life. I think it's really debilitating. It keep, keeps us from getting grounded and being able yeah. to really. I mean, I got. I am. I am truly getting sick of email. Yeah, I really am. Yeah. I mean, I'm like I've never been more aware of what a pain in the butt email is and and what i end up doing is i'm it, it almost feels like a wave and what i'm doing is i'm 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 deleting things and i'm managing it but it's but i'm beginning to it it, it is truly a losing battle yes there is no there's no point at which you, you get to a place where you go i'm managing this effectively and i'm not quite sure personally and i think for most people we're not sure personally what to do about this and the biggest dilemma about that is i would say the majority of the engagement we have with email is not strategic is not even that important but we put our energy in it because it's it's easy it's easy for me right now to look at my email, delete the spam in my inbox, respond yes, no to a couple, and then turn to some other piece of work. And personally, what I'm hoping is that there's a backlash that that email. That, that and again, I don't think I don't think you can you can institutionalize this, but I'm hoping that either there's a a different mechanism reveals itself that allows us to move on to a different kind of platform uh, that makes email, not whether it becomes obsolete, but I'm telling you, it's not working for me, and I think it's not working for a lot of people. You know, I think that's a really interesting. I think we're already seeing the backlash uh, occur with tools like Slack. You know, we've Slack is this is is a an you know up to an enterprise level communication tool that allows entire organizations or teams to 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 communicate in real time. And we use it for the back channel at Tybal Inc. I use it with a number yep. of other teams, uh, and it has all but erased email. Right? We just don't email those of us who use it. Don't email because of Slack. Now, of course, the downside is. Um, you know, then your life is kind of your work life exists inside of Slack. But what's nice about it is it's more public to the institution. We answer more questions more quickly. We don't have that sort of lag, the email lag time where you send an email and maybe you're not in the mood to deal with it right then. And you just, you don't quite get, you get around to answering my question. Those kinds of things kind of go away. Um, but, but I think those Slack is a tool that was invented by people that share your frustration. Yeah. That email what, is broken. It, you know, and if I think about those listening to this that work in larger institutions that manage a division or work in a division, I think what's important to do minimally as you're approaching the summer, as we're in the summer, is 
if you're running a group, that you have a conversation among your team about what does it mean to be on vacation. Mm-hmm. And if you can if you can really allow your people to be on vacation, that that is what's going to allow them to come back and I think give you more of their best. I think and, that's and, great. Right? I'm, I am so happy you said that because so much of our own interpretation of what vacation means hinges on what we think is expected of us as team members. Yeah. And now, we have now, to when, allow When you people, take vacation, I expect you to be available to me any time. Well, Pete. of course. I want you to know that this does not apply to you in right. May. No, no, no. I never would have expected that. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like the ability to go in as a manager, as a team leader and say, you know what? Yeah. It's okay. I don't want to hear from you for a week. There are I teams, don't yeah. want to hear from you for a week. I love it. Yeah. yeah there are teams. Isn't it, it, Oh, I wish I had this, uh, this at the tip of my tongue. But I read about this, uh, about a company that in Germany that actually turns off email at night. So you can't like you your business email doesn't exist for you at night. You can't check it from home. You're just you're disconnected at the end of the day when you're not on shift. You're disconnected. Uh, talk about a cultural shame, shift. Right? What does that talk do? About, oh my God! And talk about talk about the uh, you know when you pay when you put it that way, and I realize that no institution, no in- group of individuals would actually take the step of not checking their email as a whole. It reveals to me that this is truly a compulsive, addictive behavior that we've fallen into. Yes. And I think there's, you know, there's all this research about what happens when your phone vibrates, what it does to your brain, Mm -hmm. and how it triggers these responses of satisfaction. And I think we've got we're sort of training ourselves to be like, uh, you know, a rat in a cage. When they drop the thing, we hit the button. And I think we have to find a way. I have to find a way. You know, I, it's so funny because I, I, I had my phone stolen a long time, you know, probably around in New York City. And I was so excited. I mean, at first I was upset. And then I was, <laughs> then I was like, oh, my God, here's my opportunity. I get a new phone. No, 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 no. I'm going to go and take out. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to get off my smartphone. And I went home and I still had the flip phone. Oh, that's yeah. And, no. And I reprogrammed Verizon to use a flip phone. I get a text, right? So now I'm sitting on the flip phone and I'm going, you know, 555 to get the letter <laughs> T. It took me, took me five minutes to text, to type out, I can't be there. It took me probably three hours before I ran to the Verizon store. Yeah. To say I need a new phone. Right, right. Can't do so it. I I am I am definitely an example of somebody who has bought into this, but I'm also trying to find ways to separate. Vacation seems to me the time where we should be able to give ourselves the greatest permission to put this stuff away and pull out our favorite trash novel, right? The, I, I think there are two things that I, I would hope that somebody listening to this who struggles like us. To, to walk away. First of all, it is each of our individual responsibility to learn how notifications work on our devices, Good. to turn them yes. on, to turn them off, and to really manage our own notifications. We can't just sit there and say, I wish people wouldn't call me or text me anymore. When you have the power in your hand to yeah. not allow them to get into Stop your life, you can do victim. that. You are a victim if you I, say that. That's right. You need yeah, to learn it. I'm a victim. Open the I'm manual. Stop being a victim. You yeah. can do this. Ask your friend Pete. Uh, you can do this. Uh, <laughs> the right. second one is we, each of us, deserve yes. to be healthy 
And the only way we can really maintain that healthy demeanor is to reduce stress and, and allow ourselves the ability to be free, to disengage for a little while. We deserve yeah, absolutely. it. We do deserve it. And, uh, you know, one of the things we'll do, Pete, is when we post this podcast, uh, you'll put some links up there for, for you know, Slack, other yep. tools yep. or for ways of thinking about it uh, that people can draw from. Because I yes. think this is the right time. And I would love people, I, I would love myself to come back from vacation. And, and this is my intention. And I will use this, I will use you like this uh, for this, Pete, is, is that, you know, maybe, maybe to make promises to another person. I know that what holds me accountable is not what I privately say to myself, but what I tell another human being. Yes. So, so when we get off this, uh, I'm going to, you know, you and I will talk about this for a few minutes because I could use that support. And likewise. And I think we should, we started this, the idea of this podcast because both you and I failed at this so miserably on our vacations last year. And, <laughs> right. and both of us worked way too much. We, we, and we, you know, I should say, we actually have the luxury of vacationing together. It's the time of year where we happen to be exactly. in the same place and we're right down the street from each other. And we spend a lot of time together and we spent so much time working that we walk away thinking, where the heck was my vacation? Like it just it didn't yeah, happen. What a, you know, it's very interesting because I like talking to you about work because we don't yeah. get to visit physically be together. But the question is, what can we do? I mean, you and I met in a book writing class. Yes. The question is, how do we go back to the old days, the pre, the pre-work days? So people well, are it's that accountability in thing. on the sort of this internal therapy yes. we're doing right it now is. with each other. It is. I yeah. strongly believe it's that accountability thing. And so this year is yeah. going to be different. We are going to hold each other accountable and we're going to take a cooking class together. That's what we're going to do. And I encourage everybody to find an accountability bar- partner and take a cooking class. You know what? I, I couldn't have ended better. Yeah, I think you've summarized the whole podcast. <laughs> this is excellent. I, that's what I'm, I'm feeling what better already. I'm feeling more relaxed already. As you on, should. Maybe it's because I'm on my second margarita. <laughs> you really have started this vacation already, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is great. I uh, I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to see you on our vacation. And I wish everybody who's listening to this uh, the very best in their come downtime. to Chautauqua. Come hang to out Chautauqua. Hang out in New I. York. Yeah, yeah. We, we would love to see you. I think that's it. I think that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. And you know, we didn't we didn't talk about higher ed once. I love it. No, it's because you know who you are. If you're listening to this. You know who you are. You're on our list. All right. That's right. Take a break, people. Thanks, everybody. On behalf of Howard Teibel, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on Navigating Change, a podcast from Teibel, Inc. Mm-hmm.